0: Welcome to Dynasty for the Common Man, a Dynasty football podcast hosted by an average Joe Dynasty player wanting to talk with average Joe Dynasty players. My name is Nathaniel Broughton. You can follow me on Twitter at Nathaniel Bro, but don't follow me expecting me to push out a bunch of content or hot takes. I'm on Twitter for for interaction, so go ahead and shoot me Dynasty questions, pose your own game theory strategies, or just brag about a trade that just went down. That's what I love to do on Twitter, interact with other Dynasty football fans. So let's get to this week's show. Welcome back to Dynasty for the Common Man. I'm joined by my good friend, Jake Melsna, who's in my home league and uh he's got a pretty good reputation on uh in our league he's it's been a league for five years he's made the championship four out of the five years so we'll definitely want to get his insight on how he does dynasty but he's actually the one who first turned me on to dynasty fans football in the first place um and he uh he was a part of a basketball nba dynasty league and he would Talk to me about a bunch of people I've never heard of before and how he was competing, and he even mentioned it was a contract league. So I uh, was pretty, pretty inspired to want to be a part of something like that and, and looked up Dynasty fantasy football. So I am basically the reason that Jake has made the playoffs for the last five years. So kudos Perfect. to me. <laughs> how you doing tonight, Jake?
1: I'm doing well. Doing well.
0: Tell me about, um, are you still in the NBA uh, Dynasty League?
1: I am, yeah. We were about two weeks from the playoffs um, right before COVID-19 hit. So I was, I think I was like the number three team in the league, two, second or – there was like three of us like right behind the number one guy. So. Okay.
0: Uh, so, yeah, tell me about that league and how that's helped you uh, when you switched over because obviously you've you know, been one of the dominant teams on our league. So has that team – or has that experience helped you? as you moved in the
1: NFL? Yeah. So I don't, especially when I started, I didn't know anything about the NBA. Like I was a Bucks, I'm a Bucks fan. We were eight seeds every year. So I followed the NBA a little bit, but I was having dinner with a friend and he asked me if I wanted to get in a fantasy basketball league. And I didn't have a good reason to say no, other than I don't know anything about basketball, but kind of prideful. So I wanted to prove that I could do it. So I got in the league. Uh, That was we were in a different league for one year and I had a rebuild team and I thought the team was really good. I thought I had made a good team like in the off season and I won like the first two matchups that I had. And he's like, yeah, your team's not very good though. I was like, what do you mean? I'm like doing great. And I promptly finished like six out of 10 teams or something like that. It wasn't very good. But then uh, we switched and started our own league. Okay. Uh, and it was totally different form, a much different format. And it was, a uh, contract league. So you have a hundred bucks um, and you did an auction to start. Okay. It's super complex. I won't get into every detail, Right, right. Um, but that made it really fun for the, the nerdy part of me who loves to like think through what would it actually be like to have to have a salary cap and plan a team and do all that stuff. How much can you spend on one player? um and then at the same time fantasy basketball I think was actually a really good way to get into dynasty Hmm. because you don't need to know a ton about the players you just need to look at numbers oh okay it's like matching because it's matchups it's you know you have eight categories and you just have whoever wins the most out of the eight categories wins the week okay so you just all right who's going to get me the most three-pointers who's going to get me the most this I can throw away a stat line so at some points like I didn't even know if guys were that good in real basketball, but I knew who was good in uh, dynasty, in fantasy. So I was just looking, I it was like the dorky, you know, the sabermetrics of baseball, like those kind of yeah, guys. Yeah. Like I became that guy in fantasy basketball. <laughs> so I, I would pick my favorite guy based off how good he was on my fantasy team. So I think the first year of that league, first or second year I made the championship. And that's the story that I tell you all the time about how I lost by like a James Harden half-court shot that he missed at the end of a game because I lost the championship by one missed field goal. Yes, I remember that. It was the worst. Um, And then I lost the next year in the championship game by like four overall points over like a two-week span. And then the next year I won it. So it's been really fun. Um, It's still, yeah, still in the league. But my team got too good and players got too expensive. So I think I'm in a slow rebuild. Uh, okay. This year was the start of that rebuild. So I got a ton of money going into next offseason to get guys. So. Yeah. so that's how I got into Dynasty and then talked to you into leading. I think I was the one who helped even ask you to commission the league because I didn't want the. I was the-
0: <laughs> probably hoping that you would do it. And you pondered, you're like, no, it's not going to happen unless you do it. Tapped into my activator strength. That's right. Well, Jake, you are a Val Victorian, so it doesn't make it makes a lot of sense that obviously your brain thinks strategically.
1: Thanks uh, for mentioning that. I want to yeah Yeah, you. yeah. Just pump you Makes me sound on. really cool.
0: Yeah, well, you know, the next people that come on will will think I'm a great guy too. So help me in recruiting uh future guests. Uh so what has uh this experience going into fantasy football different because it's not, you know, matchups Have you had to think differently uh from your you know, NBA, Dynasty League?
1: Yeah, so I think the NFL is way more volatile. Like, if you look at, like, the NBA All-Star game, it's probably, like, the top 10 guys are the same guys every, almost every year. Mm-hmm. Where I think in the NFL, you have guys who, like, pop for a year. You just don't – like, if you look at the NBA, there's just not many guys like that. You'll have, like, a couple. But, like, last year, you looked at who were who your top 20 fantasy football players, and there were probably like five guys, at least, maybe more, who were like, they were in like my top maybe 40, going into the year. So I just think there's a lot like of Austin them.
0: Eckler, like no one's putting him as a top five running back.
1: Yeah, and you know, you and I made the trade in the offseason where it was Lamar Jackson for Delvin Cook, and there were other moving pieces of it. but we, neither one of us knew those were going to turn into top 10 guys yeah, in yeah. A long scoring. And I think that's the difference with football. Football is just injuries are so much more prevalent in football than in uh the NBA. Um, like I don't know if I really lost much more than a few games this year to injury in the NBA, but in football mm. I Dalvin Cook last year go down, you know, go down right before the playoffs. Yeah. So then I have Alexander Matson or whatever his name is and he gets hurt. So I'm starting what? Mike Boone. Yeah, at, you know, in the in the finals of our league, I'm starting Boone in that game. Yeah not a great feeling right so I think that's probably the biggest difference um, between the two I know more about football I like football more uh but I feel like my knowledge might hinder me because in the way that I I know who I like and I end up not liking people too where basketball is more like it's pure numbers football you go I have my gut instinct which is heavily sure. wrong sometimes. Yeah, I
0: mean, you're like, I don't really like that player from a just a personal bias perspective and yeah. set that aside.
1: Yeah, he plays for the Bear. Well, who would ever want a Bear? On <laughs> but he plays for the Vikings or something like that, so I don't like him quite as much. Right. It's just ridiculous because who cares? And in the NBA, I don't really have that feeling towards any team. Yeah. Okay. I like the Bucks more and I have Giannis on my team, so I'm golden. Sure, sure.
0: What keeps you motivated? Though? I mean, like, if you're winning, you didn't win every championship game. You, you made it to, I think, two, and you won one. Or maybe you made it to three and won one. Um, I can't remember. Yeah. What keeps you, like, trying to make a team better? Or, you know, as one of the lead teams, do you not have to be as active because your team's already, you know, in your mind, you know, in a good spot?
1: Yeah, I feel like I'm still pretty active, even though my team's good. Sometimes it feels like it's just moving pieces around um, from one good team to another. Yeah. Uh, but I like trading. Trading is, like, easily the most – that's why I like dynasty and don't like redraft very much because yeah. most redraft leagues I'm in, there's, like, one to zero trades over the course of the season. Right. Uh, and in a dynasty league, there's, you know, so many trades. And once, once you, like – are not going to make the playoffs, like guys in our league, they open up their team. And say so you can even get better. Uh, you know, it crushed me last year because I think one guy got Drew Brees and Austin Eckler right at the end of you know, like right before the trade deadline. And I was like, well, that hurts me. Mm. I could have used both those guys. I did not know they were on the market. <laughs> so, um, but I think I, I like trading. That's probably what does it. And our league is people we know. Yeah. So, you know, I can see guys and talk trading trades with them at staff stuff, you know. So that yeah. works. It's just so much. That's fun to have that.
0: That's true. It is unique. in the home, the home league doesn't have that. Even though it's a free league, the competitive juice is still flow because you're going to see that guy at work and you're going to rub it in his face hopefully or at least talk uh talk shop about the league and that's fun too
1: so there's a couple of good trash talkers in our league so that makes it
0: fun. yeah yeah shout out to Neil and Ben you guys uh, make it a lot they're of- not
1: very good but they're good at trash talking
0: <laughs> <laughs> Neil's almost made the cha- the playoffs a couple of years. I know he, he's Ben we still that's have cool. hope for you too um yeah that's true. Um Okay, so just earlier today, you know, we were talking about you're just kind of bored with your <laughs> with your team, even though it's a contender, made the championship this year, uh, could do it again next year. Um, it's not a juggernaut, but it's just a really solidly built team. Um, mm-hmm. And you were thinking, you know, I'm just bored, and I'd like to maybe just tear it down uh, to the baseboards uh get to the foundation and uh and build a a new one uh so so you even posted in the in our little group me like it's a fire sale anything goes except michael thomas maybe uh if only the right offer comes you not. yeah i
1: left the door open for someone to offer their whole team for michael thomas
0: yeah yeah i might i might come at you with michael thomas you can go for it man um so how are you gonna process that like have you already got Target offer, have you seen trade offers come in? People have been messaging you. What are you going to do?
1: So I haven't seen anything come in. Um, So right after I posted it, I just quick started looking at rosters and then thinking through um, rookies. I already had some rookies that I liked, but I'm picking late, so I didn't really think I was going to have a shot at any of those guys. Um, So, yeah, it it wasn't – it was boredom in the sense that I've had some of the guys for a long time. Like I've had Michael Thomas for three years. I love, love Michael Thomas. And I've had Julio. I've had Michael and Julio for a while Mm. and win some weeks with just those two guys. But also I just want to get younger and kind of be able to rebuild. It's kind of, I feel like that's how Scott in our league built his team. Just watching a guy whose team was not good all of a sudden get great because of a good draft. I was like scary how good that was. I wonder if I could do that. I don't know if I can, I'm going to, not going to lie. I've not been a successful drafter. I have traded a lot of my picks away though. So yeah, that's part of it too. I've just, I've always just kind of kept trying to go for it. And so this year kind of felt like a different tack to run on was to, you know, I've gone for it a lot and I had a chance to win it last year. I mean, I wasn't as good as Scott, so I shouldn't have won it, but um. I just think this year seems like the right time to do it. My guys aren't old enough to not have value. I think that's the thing. Like You can decide to do a rebuild after everybody loses their value, or you can do it while they have value. And so I have Delvin Cook, Fournette, uh, Julio, Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen, Henry. So I feel like I got a bunch of guys there I could trade and get some, get some value.
0: Yeah. Um, let's just think about that, Scott. Scott trade is or that Scott draft. I mean, I, I want to get him on the show just to talk about that draft because I was like, did you happen to know in the third round that Cooper Cup was going to become a thing and that Evan Ingram at like two point oh eight was going to be a good pick or you know, like yeah, how did you know all this stuff? Uh, maybe well, do we- you
1: remember the year before we all thought he got worked over on that trade? Yes, like, the trade with Odd Adla- uh, with Matt, and it was like.
0: DeAndre, he got DeAndre Hopkins. He gave Mike Evans. Or maybe it was the other way around. Maybe he he got Mike Evans.
1: He gave Cam and Mike Evans for Hopkins. And I can't remember who all was in that trade. And then Hopkins went down. Yeah. yeah, That was
0: one of the best teams in the league and thought Scott's first might be the 101. So it just looked like totally imbalanced. But yeah.
1: Then Scott, like, kills a draft, like, just dominates it, and all of a sudden that the picks even out, and it doesn't look so terrible. Anymore.
0: Yeah, and he wins back-to-back championships, basically. So I think
1: I, think I just want to be like Scott. Like, that's yeah, why okay. I'm going to. So I'll try something.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so um, having to be – yeah, I mean, you have generally been an anti-rookie. You, you have never really got a lot of draft picks and rookie drafts. uh to do a rebuild obviously that's one of the things you're going to probably be targeting i imagine you'll still go for young players too but yeah uh, the problem with young players is if they're already good they're valued higher than julio jones at this point um and unjustifiably so production year to year but you know uh people aren't just doing one year projections when they're putting values on a player so you're gonna have to value rookies more um How do you feel about how do you feel about changing your view
1: on rookies? Over the thing is, it's not that I haven't liked rookies. I just don't think they're going to win me games year one very often. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to win every year. So this year, I think if I can actually, and it's a great year because rookies probably aren't going to be very good this year because they're not going to have any mini camps and training camps and all that stuff is going to be messed up. So if there's a year to like tank or however you want to call it, rebuild, like this year could be good because. I don't expect the rookies to produce, so I'll get them on my roster and just kind of roll with it. Uh, so I've always, I've actually tried to trade up into rounds before, but the years where I actually had good picks, I all of a sudden got like crazy trade offers. Hmm. Like I had like the 1.2 one year and I got a Michael Thomas offer.
0: For oh, me. I remember that. So like,
1: Of course, of course I'm going to trade my Michael Thomas, like my 102 for Michael Thomas. Yeah. Uh, I wanted the pick. I wanted to keep it, but it's like, well, like, I've got to take that. Was, was that my, last year? No, that was a while ago. I had Thomas for like two and a half years. Okay, yeah. So it was before he became a superstar. Uh, so, but I also got more in that deal. That's the worst thing about that trade. If you ever find it, I got Michael Thomas in a second and LaShawn McCoy uh, for and McCoy fell apart after that. But still, after yeah. um, for a one for a top for a first round pick, right. Isn't it
0: fun, Neil, that we get to mention you on uh, our podcast? You can listen to Neil and know that we're just so grateful for you helping. I don't oh, know
1: how he plays. I don't assume he listens to a lot of fantasy. Uh, <laughs> thanks.
0: Uh, okay, let's talk yeah. about, um, I want your opinion on the idea of like buy low and sell high strategy, people viewing some value-based drafting, viewing players as stocks do you put a lot of credence into that do you try to do that if not why not
1: oh I don't really like doing it I don't mind buying low I think the selling high is super hard because well maybe not even selling high yeah so I'm trying to think through that because sometimes when people say sell high they mean like sell a guy when he's old and I think in dynasty leagues, what I've realized is people assume certain positions are old before they're really old. Yes. Like wide receivers, do they age well. And like two years ago, Julio was already considered old. Right. And all he's done is be really good since then, but they can't score, he can't score touchdowns for some reason, which is just so fickle, right? So yes. he's still just a really good wide receiver, and he's going to be good for a while. Mm -hmm. because he's good. He may not be good for five more years, but selling him low doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, Running backs, I'm a little more like that. I think there's probably more justification for sell high on running backs because the shelf life is so low. So that's one of the reasons why I'll put Delvin Cook out on the market this year. I think he's a pretty good sell high candidate because he's got some (laughs) – injury uh, saying this as the guy who owns him he's got some injury history he's um it's a pass happy league right you know what happens with i know they want to run the ball there but if zimmer gets shipped out after this year if they have a bad season bring in a new coach what is that going to do for that team are they going to still i mean
0: yeah even if he has a great year does that mean he holds out next year because he wants you
1: know yeah and he's a he's on his contract and if if the vikings have to
0: it's you know, they want a franchise tag. He could just, he could just be like, no, I'm gonna hold out and you know, pull, pull a, a Le'Veon Bell or Melvin Gordon, then you you're screwed on that side too.
1: Well, they don't have the cap to hold on to him. Like they just paid, they pay Cousins like 35 million now or some crazy number like that. So yeah. it's a it's a unique situation. So I think I'm more so high on uh, running backs, okay. and I was so high on running quarterbacks until I sold you, uh, Michael. Or uh, Lamar Jackson, and now maybe I won't do that ever again. So,
0: well, I, I'm curious to see if, if Daniel Jones doesn't turn out for your team. You're you got Tom Brady and J, do you have James Wilson still
1: on your roster? I <laughs> James Winston because he was amazing last year in our league. Yeah. He was like a top five quarterback. It was amazing. I just started him like every week, and I didn't feel bad. Right. Uh, and now he's a third string quarterback in New Orleans. I think. I don't know if he'll go in or Taysom Hill. So that was a bad deal for me um, when he when Tom Brady went to Tampa.
0: Yeah. I mean, Tampa, Tom Brady
1: going to Tampa is okay for me. Like, I'll have I might get one more year out of Brady. Yeah, that's true. To, to be able to start him, but yeah, if Daniel Jones is good. So honestly, in the rebuild, I'll probably look for another young quarterback as part of the pieces that I go after.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, get another one, whether it's and I always draft a rookie quarterback, and that's actually been my best drafting. Uh, so I drafted um, Lamar Jackson, I drafted, well, Mitch Trubisky looked good for a second. Uh, <laughs> do you remember uh, you were debating between Trubisky and Lamar Jackson in that deal? I was I, so close to going over. You were over all over the place. I, I Lamar think if I, look, if I look back at our text, I think at one point you said Trubisky and then you changed your mind. It's very possible. Now I look back. And at the time I was kind of like, Jackson can't throw a football right now. So, you know, he's nice to have because he can run, but what happens once he gets hit? And then all of a sudden he learn how to throw, and I was like, wow, I really wish you would have picked Trubisky. Yeah. yeah. So I'll, I'll probably go back after a quarterback. Okay. Um, there's other positions that might be worth selling high on, like a tight end, just because they're so up and down, it feels like. Besides, because yeah. uh, even Kittle last year wasn't amazing for part of the season. Uh, yeah. So. Okay, I just I
0: got a couple guys in mind about, by low candidates um as far as i've observed um and they're both running backs so maybe this isn't uh the type of target you would have but dave montgomery rookie season the whole offense stinks yeah right they got Tariq cohen who had had a good year last year they were like that's not a great lance box he's not going to get the receptions people viewed him as a decent receiver but you got Tariq cohen in the backfield he didn't have a great year either um and people are looking at his, you know, they say Dave Montgomery's not a good athlete. He's he can he's good at make missing tackles, but that's because he's about to get tackled all the time because he's not fast enough or agile enough or whatever. So he's a, a buy low, maybe. Okay, and then the other one is James Conner. People think this is his last year. That maybe uh, the Pittsburgh narrative of they ride one guy like they did. Um, back when Love, Love Bell was there. Um, and, you know, Rashad Mendenhall and the past running backs, it would be just – they would get all the touches. But maybe that is changing. And so James Conner, uh, who's only, like, been in the league three years, he's not old. Um, he's a cancer survivor, and so people think maybe that is a a, a red flag, you know. Um, what do you think about either of either those two would be guys you – obviously they're not, like, the main piece you're moving from the Cup, but – Is that someone that you would be comfortable having as part of your rebuild?
1: Uh, David Montgomery, yes. Uh, James Conner, no. Okay. So I think Montgomery, if I'm correct, the Bears didn't draft a high running back, did they? No, they did not. Uh, But the Steelers did. They drafted one in the first four rounds. They drafted some guy out of Maryland, right? Is Uh, that
0: McFarland or? Yeah,
1: Yeah, McFarland. And they had drafted a guy early last year, earlier last year too. I think the last couple of years they've drafted guys um, and whether they've been good or not, they seem to not want Connor to be the guy by himself. Like they really seem to want at least a timeshare there. And then Connor has gotten hurt kind of frequently. Uh, and I don't think he and then the third piece is, I didn't think he was that talented to begin with. I think he just came into an amazing offense because that. That team just had talent like crazy that year.
0: Yeah. Um, You're talking two years ago, right?
1: Yeah, two years ago when he boomed, right? When um, Bell held out and everything looked great. Yeah. And then he did slow down at the end of that year. Mm -hmm. And then last year struggled and was hurt and all that jazz. I think the Montgomery piece, I don't think he's ever going to be like a top five running back or anything like that. But I think he can be your running RB two or three who you put in the game and he's going to, Bears offense can't get any worse than last year okay I I could have played quarterback there and you know put up similar numbers like I I play some pretty good backyard football but I mean Trubisky's just bad yeah it was really bad last year maybe he's better than he was last year I don't I don't think Nagy's as good a coach as everyone thinks he is you know like there's just some stuff there agreed um so I think all that to say, I, I think Montgomery at least has the talent to be better. He's not a top end athlete, but there's a lot of good running backs who aren't top end athletes. You know, they, they learn how to be crafty. They learn how to do some things well. Um, you've got you know Aaron Jones in Green Bay. Like he's he's a fast running back, but he's a fifth round pick or somewhere in there. Like yeah, running backs can hit even without being elite in a lot of different ways. So the, all that yeah that he would be the guy who I would and i will go after probably okay because uh, the-
0: iowa- he's an iowa state guy and you you know you've worked there for a while Is that
1: no ties to iowa state um uh, okay. he plays for the bears that uh takes out anything from iowa state
0: yeah 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 okay well, so here's some two buy highs that i i kind of take issue with i'm curious to get your thoughts on or or sell high i guess but people want them on their team so i don't think anyone's selling them but First is A.J. Brown uh, had a great year in Tennessee. Tennessee is a run-heavy team. Uh, Ryan Tannehill. Is that really a thing? Like, is Ryan Tannehill going to be a thing from now on? I don't know. Uh, But, I mean, A.J. Brown, his body type and the way he played, it was like, are you Des Bryant? Like, you look, like, studly out there. Um, And obviously had a great rookie season, and having a rookie season that's great. You know, just makes us go just nuts, uh, especially at the wide receiver position. And then the other one is DK Metcalf, another rookie, CL. I, I have a problem with the hype over DK Metcalf as well, because when he hit, uh, Rashad Penny was out, Chris Carson was injured, and they had no options at the running back. And so they went from an offense that was totally run heavy – and I had James, I had DK Metcalf on my team all year. Um, and he he actually was incredibly uh efficient. Like he would get like two targets, 30 yards, and a touchdown, you know, like, or maybe five targets, two catches, and a touchdown. It was but it was like he got a touchdown almost like every week or something like that. So obviously that's incredible. Um but then in the playoffs is I think where people really took notice of him because he had like a nine-catch game or two, two like five or more catch games and that was when they didn't they switched from a running team to a passing team uh and so I've seen some like people just like just going bonkers about DK Metcalf and AJ Brown and I'm like are, are both of those legit are neither of them legit uh I don't know and so I don't know if you have any, I don't think you have anything on your team but would you be trying to target guys like that or do you also have question marks still around them
1: Yeah, I would probably, I'd like Metcalf more because of Russell Wilson. I think Tannehill, I'm with you. I feel like it was a cool story last year uh, to see the guy who got run out of Miami be an elite quarter, well, elite-ish. Right. Elite contract. Um, But I don't think they don't want to throw the ball a lot. So you want volume-wide receivers Especially in any league, even ours is half P, half point PPR. Right. Like I still want guys who are going to get you know lots of targets or a good amount of targets, and I don't see Brown getting a lot of targets. He's going to have to make. That's probably the same thing with Metcalf, right? They're not going to see a ton of targets, and so they got to make a lot out of those. And if they're touchdown heavy wide receivers, you're just. I don't love touchdown heavy players yeah where you that's why I still am a big Julio fan because even if he doesn't score touchdowns he has eight catches for 115 yards right so his down week is eight catches for 100 you know 70 yards yeah but his down week isn't two catches for 30 yards because he didn't score a touchdown like Mm -hmm. a lot of these other guys and so I'd have to look more at their overall stat lines you know like once I get serious about trading for a guy then I'll start looking at like oh they had good yards but it was one game of nine catches for 195 yards and then every other game they were like four catches for 50 yeah so I would target Metcalf first AJ you know Brown I would I'm kind of probably a year out from really liking him and then if he has a good year he's priced me out of (laughs) I've been priced out of him anyway so he's probably never going to be on my team I guess is the best way to put that
0: yeah okay uh, last question, and then maybe we'll go into our uh, mock drafter. Uh, but <clears throat> when you're doing your, you know exploring this rebuild, this tear down uh, of your team, are you gonna be uh, waiting for the offers to come to you or are you gonna be initiating offers?
1: Yeah, so this is where you and I differ, right? You like to make the offer like the like first offer, this guy for this guy, I like discussion base. Okay. Um, okay so here's who's on the table for me here's who i like from your team let's talk and see if there's a trade that would work out between these players so i will be doing that like i'll be like messaging like hey i think i sent out a message to a handful of guys like this is who's available and then i'll go back and look at their team and see like okay here's who i'd want on your team uh let's see if there's anything that can work itself out okay. uh, I don't know how often I really make like a straight up offer right off the bat.
0: Yeah. Well, that's why I, you know, um, usually end up with bad offers. People think I send out bad offers cause I'm sending the first offer right yeah. away.
1: And then you insult me and I don't respond.
0: Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like the reason I do it is because I don't, I've tried to do the discussion base and I get, I get nothing in response. Not from you, but there are owners who are like, if I try to go there was like the discussion base first, yeah. it just takes forever. I'm like, I don't want to be messaging 20 messages just before we get to the, an offer. Like, just here's what I think. What do you think? Okay, great. Let's meet somewhere in the middle. I think it's, I, I just, yeah. I'm too impatient, I guess. And I get labeled a bad
1: uh, offer. You're not the worst. Let's put it that way. <laughs>
0: Okay, Uh, so I want you to pull up something that shows the top 12 um, dynasty assets. If you're going to do a startup draft, these would probably be uh, in a one-quarterback PPR league. uh, These would be their top 12 off of the board. Okay, so I'm using uh, DynastyLeagueFootball.com, DLF.com for mine. Or you got a a site pulled up? I got
1: FantasyPros.com.
0: So uh, on... On DLF's top uh, 12 in their April ADP, they run mock drafts for ADP, uh, it goes like this. Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, Ezekiel Elliott, Dalvin Cook. So six, first six, five of them are running backs. Then uh, number seven, DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, Dale Mixon, Tyreek Hill, Nick Chubb, and Chris Godwin rounds out the top 12.
1: So the only difference here is Chubb isn't in and Mike Evans is in.
0: Okay. So Mike Evans is number 13, DLS ADP here. So pretty yeah. close. So
1: they're not the same order, but pretty sure. close.
0: Sure. So what we're going to do, we're not going to try to get an order. We are, uh, so people are doing startups now. And uh, so this is, you know, maybe what a startup would look like. But if you were to project a year from now, so people are doing May of 2021. Um, which of these players do you think is not going to be in the top 12? Uh, and who might crack the top 12? Um, you know, either a bounce back year or a rookie or um, some guy that coming out of nowhere that we can't even predict. Uh, is, there, is there one that immediately jumps off the board that you would say is not going to be in it next year?
1: That's hard. I don't think Zeke is going to be near as high as he is. Okay. I can see him being borderline out. I just think they're going to throw the ball a ton. Okay. Uh, so Zeke would be there. Uh, Delvin Cook, just because of injuries, worries me a lot. Yeah. And he's on my team. <laughs> you know, so I feel like I have a pretty good read on him. Yeah. Yeah. I
0: I think for me, I think Zeke is at. At his price, as people are viewing him in a trade right now, I I don't want him because the price is a top five asset. And it seems like that's mainly name value right now. It's It's like you're trading him. You're trading for him based on past production without any future production, like dropping his value. Because there are guys in the you know, the next 12, Juju Smith, Schuster. Uh, I don't love Josh Jacobs, but he could have a great year. Jonathan Taylor could have a good year. Miles Sanders, like you said, Mike Evans, DJ Moore. Uh, mm-hmm. Those, those guys could all, you know, take over him. Uh, and, and he could be on the downside of his career this year. And so it's like, I don't want. I don't want him. I'd expect him to be out the top twelve. There, um, what about DeAndre Hopkins? He's c- coming from being the, the big dog, target monster, um, and he's proven without any quarterback. It doesn't matter what quarterback, right? DeAndre Hopkins is he's awesome. Uh, he's twenty seven years old. Like you said, people start to value. They start to think they're too old too early. Is he or even or Devontae Adams, do either of them get labeled old too early after this year? Not after this year, right? They, let's say they have a great year. I would expect them to have a decent year. Maybe not a career year, but a decent year. Either of them turn 28 and they get the, the Julio treatment
1: or is that too early? I would hope it's too early. If people start giving him that treatment, then I wanna to try to trade for him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think Devontae for sure, but he's not predicated as a speed guy. So he's and I I think Hopkins is good at everything. Yeah. So it's not like these guys are just like burners who they have that one thing that's gonna drag them down. They're just freak athletes. They're both like crazy good route runners. They're guys who are gonna age well. Yeah. Right. You know, it's like the The Larry Fitzgerald issue, right? That guy's still worth a spot on all your teams because you can play him in every year. It's like he should retire like eight years ago, but he's still that good. It's so amazing. So that's why I just, I don't see it with them. I just, and I think Arizona's going to throw the ball a lot and he's going to get a lot of targets. Uh, Adams is the wide receiver in Green Bay, like the one who's worth having on your team probably right now. Um, and man, he put up crazy numbers if you look back last year because he only played 12 games. He missed four for injury. So only played three quarters of the seasons in a season. I think he had 80 catches or some, oh, okay. some really impressive numbers once he did actually play football. So um, I would not I'm not really worried about either of those two guys dropping. So if they're available in trades, I'd be happy to have them. Although I'm doing a rebuild, so it'll probably be a bad idea. <laughs>
0: Well, then the other two that seem like potential to me, I don't know. Uh, These might be performance. I think they're definitely performance dependent. But Joe Mixon, to me, feels like, is it? It's too strong of a word to say Jekyll and Hyde. But I I have him in our league. And I didn't start him for a majority of the first half of the season. Then he started putting up. Back-to-back 100-yard games. The second, you know, like the last six games, I think, or something like that, he had just great numbers. Um, and you're like, "This is the Joe Mixon we were expecting." Well, hopefully, the Bengals have gotten better, but they're still, you know, it's the franchise, the Bengals. Uh, I just can't. I don't, know, I don't trust that Joe Mixon is going to stay up there because I feel like people are getting weary of this kind of on again, off again of him. And then the other one's Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb, people have loved the talent. um, But Kareem Hunt is still there. They clearly showed that they wanted to use Kareem Hunt last year, kept him around this year when we all thought that Kareem Hunt was going to get signed somewhere else uh, and that the Browns were going to just make a profit on having him on the roster and then trading him. But they didn't. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Nick Chubb remains basically in a committee, but he's valued – As a top you know top 12 startup draft asset but he's a committee running back that's hard to swallow too so what do you think of those two
1: well he's not just a committee running back he's a committee running back with three weapons outside of him on their offense right like they have wide receivers with obj and uh landry and they just got hooper right Yep. Yep. So you have got someone who's going to Cooper can take away touchdowns on the goal line. You've got, I just feel like with two running backs, two wide receivers and a tight end, just, is he going to get the volume necessary? Um, and you're nicer about mixing the meat. I would just say he's boring. <laughs> like, he just doesn't, he doesn't blow up and have big games, right? Like he's steady, but steady's not what I want with, uh, top 10 15 kind of guy i want somebody who could like win me a week almost by himself and man you'd have to look at a lot of joe Mixon games to find a week where he was ever close to uh putting you as a winner for that week as opposed to oh he got 100 yards and a touchdown that's nice yeah the study's not bad it's just not what i would look for if i was going to target a guy that high i'd rather go for a guy who could boom uh and become a you know guy who wins you weeks.
0: Nice. Yeah, boring. I, mean, I, I don't watch a lot of uh, Bengals games, but I think that might be a, an accurate description.
1: And I don't watch – who watches the Bengals? They're terrible. But, like, <laughs> even look at his stat lines, like 22 carries, 88 yards, and a touchdown.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Would have hoped for more, but I guess yeah. at least he got that touchdown to save it,
1: yeah. Never going to drop him. He's not bad enough for them to get another starter over him. I right. think he's got talent. That team is just such a – mess yeah burrows may be amazing but again even this year you've got a rookie quarterback are they going to get training camps the same way right what is that going to look like i don't even know who's going to be their quarterback if burrows doesn't start who they have there um so yeah seriously
0: uh okay last question looking at the next 12 if you were to put a i know you don't uh you're not a huge betting man um if you were gonna put money on two players, you had, you had not just put up, pick one, two players that are gonna crack the top 12 next year.
1: All right, let's stop your 12, because I wanna hear who yours is. Right. Uh,
0: so it starts off in the DLF ADP Mike Evans at 13, then DJ Moore and Josh Jacobs. Jonathan Taylor, the first rookie, is 16 overall. Hmm that's pretty expensive yep george kittles first tight end at 17 juju smith schuster at 18 derrick henry 19 miles sanders amari cooper aaron jones at 22 um patrick mahomes uh is their first quarterback and then obj is number 24 Uh, aj brown is uh outside the top 24 but he's not too far he's number 27 on this list um so maybe uh, any of those guys. Obviously, you're probably not gonna put, you know, Patrick Mahomes. This is a one quarterback league. No one's taking them in the top twelve. But
1: yeah, uh, yeah. I wrote down a couple names right off the bat. I I really like uh, Miles Sanders. So oh, yeah. it's probably wrong. I don't know. Philly has been kind of a weird place for player running backs, but. I think I think he's got the he's that guy like Joe Mixon who's boring. Yeah. Sanders is anything but boring. Yeah. Uh, no, he'll have weeks where he might put you get you five points uh, because Philly just chooses to throw four hundred times or whatever it is. But I really like him. I loved loved DJ more. Um, I don't. I I just don't know. Teddy Bridgewater's there now, right?
0: Yep. Yeah.
1: And. Teddy's a a solid quarterback I just don't know if Moore will get the big plays quite the same with Teddy yeah so that I that'll those are the two names that really stuck out to me okay Uh, Aaron Jones I'm not sure Packers draft a second round running back who's more of a hammer don't know what that's going to do to their offense and he's a free agent after this year so he could be elsewhere in a year so Thank so you. dj Moore, miles sanders those are, okay, those are my nice. games.
0: I'm, I'm gonna put my money on uh i'm gonna put my money back on juju smith schuster he was in the top 12 a year ago and i think he was in the top 12 for like two years in a row um and i think this is just recency bias people forget and yeah uh ben going will be back in uh you know in, in the saddle so i'm gonna i'm gonna go with him and i really am afraid that I'm just wrong about AJ Brown and that he continues to be a star and i'll and I'll have missed out on him and I think he'll be a top 12. he's the guy I, th- I feel like the momentum like people just love him and so there is a little of that uh, aspect to it that the from one you know podcast people just love him and so I think that's part of it that they' just they want him to to succeed. And who knows if Derrick Henry is going to slow down and they're going to transition their offense or, or what, but I don't think that any rookie uh, running back will crack the top, top spot or top 12. I know I mean, Josh Jacobs had a good year. He just didn't get a lot of receptions. And I feel like with uh, Jonathan Taylor, it's the same situation. Like Naheem Hines is still on a team. But Phillip Rivers is known to check down, uh, likes his running back, so maybe, but I just don't think he'll get as much volume. What's interesting is I don't see – where is C uh, C – C-E-H, what's his name? Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Where is he in this ranking? I'm not seeing him. Where's Clyde Edwards Hilaire for you?
1: 27 on mine, right by Miles Sanders. Yeah, okay. I can't find him anywhere. Uh, anyways,
0: maybe he can get up there because he plays with Patrick Mahomes and people are just, I mean, rightfully so. That offense is just scary good. But
1: but again, yeah, they scare me in the sense there's so many plays to go around.
0: I know, but that hasn't really mattered for uh, for Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, even, you know, Damian Williams wasn't, you know, running back one, but he was a solid contributor.
1: Yeah. I mean, maybe, definitely could be. I don't even know who I would pick between these running backs. I feel like this is such a weird running back class because um, they all, there were some really good running backs, I thought, in the draft this year. Yeah. And uh, they all had weird landing spots. Yeah. You know, you go to Detroit, getting Swift, you're like, okay, Detroit already had, I mean, John, John, Kerryon Johnson's been hurt a lot, but he's obviously still gonna get the ball. I'm not even sure. I know, but, I really wanted I Swift to
0: there. I love Swift, I was gonna go, there was a lot of debate pre-draft between Jonathan Taylor and, and Swift, and since I'm an anti-Badger guy, I was all on the Swift train, and then,
1: those are the yeah. Lions. Well, then J.K. Dobbins goes to Baltimore. Like, Dobbins, like, you watch him play at Ohio State, the guy can break some big runs, great player. But Baltimore, like, he's not not the main guy in that show. Give him a year. Give him a year. And that's the thing. That's who you just don't know. Like, Hines isn't great. You know, like, for Jonathan Taylor, Hines isn't great. Mack isn't the guy who should ever stop a really good running back from getting a lot of touches. Right. So maybe, but,
0: but in the in the NFL by committee, he's enough to like, yep, you know, and take a couple series as a you know a game out of off of him.
1: And Taylor's never been a big wide receiver, a big receiver. Now the Badgers haven't had good quarterbacks either, but right, you just don't know if he's going to be able to catch the ball.
0: Yeah. So apparently I, I, apparently, I cheated, Jake. I uh, I realized that DLF's ADP had updated since May. So Clyde edwards is number 12. Oh, wow.
1: That's, that is higher. I may say he's not the guy who I think will be in the top 12 then.
0: Yeah, there you go.
1: John Miller is number 14. They are really loving rookie running backs there. Yeah. But that's right. Like, remember how high David Montgomery was going into last year? Yeah. Like, he was way up there. Um, yeah, yep. you brought up Juju. I think Juju's an interesting case because I think he could have a really good year, but what if Roethlisberger retires after this year? Right, that's true. You know, look what he did without Roethlisberger last year. He was a, he was a tough start. He was the guy who lost you games because you started him and he just couldn't do anything. I had him in um, at least one lead. I had him in two leads because I loved Juju, and then I traded him to you. Yeah, I got him for him now.
0: I'm excited about that trade still. Gosh, that just a trade makes me happy. Yeah, I've done some good, your trades and mine, they've been painful. Like when I, you know, click submit or accept, it's like, this is going to hurt. But that's when you know it's like a good trade.
1: Yeah, I'm, well, and now I've got a rookie quarterback there. So I got to see, because I got Allen and Henry out of that one. Yeah. It was Henry that I really wanted. So we'll see. I was really hoping you would go somewhere else in the off season. Yeah. I really didn't want them to do it again. So that was a bummer when I saw that.
0: You know, I, was, I wasn't expecting him to go somewhere, but I was expecting Phil Rivers to stay one more year, and that's why I traded him. <laughs> traded him. And they're like, oh, no, well, no, you might actually have a good quarterback again. I don't know. I, I like, uh, I don't know how to say his name. I can't even remember.
1: The uh, Oregon quarterback who went there? Yeah, the Oregon quarterback. <laughs> you don't know if it's Herbert or Abair or something. So yeah, he's,
0: Justin. He's... I like Justin Herbert. Uh, you know, this is what's great when you it's not experts that I just forget the names so often, but it's like, these people don't expect me to know what the heck I'm talking yeah.
1: about. I don't know how to pronounce them. I'll remember that his name is Herbert or Herbert or something, <laughs> but I'm just like, I saw him like play a couple games. I don't, yeah. know. I don't remember how the announcer said it. So I just have, him. it's in my head this way. I think it's Justin Hebert. It's more Hebert. French. Give me your best
0: Tua name. How do you say Tua's last name?
1: I I call him Tua. (laughs)
0: Okay,
1: got it. That's his name, right? That's what they're going to call him in the game anyway. They're going to call him Tua.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: When Goodell Goodell tried to pronounce his last name, I think everyone just cringed.
0: It's like in the Oscars when they tried to pronounce Adina Menzel. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) The wicked talented Adina Menzel. All right, Jake. Well, thanks for coming on the show. And we'll maybe have to circle back uh, a year from now, see how we did, and see how your rebuild did a uh, year. Yeah.
1: you got to start offering me some stuff so I can do that rebuild. Yeah. I'm going to come at you with Michael Thomas for sure. So. Hey, sounds great.
0: If you've been listening for a couple episodes now, you may have noticed that this week, uh, the name of our of the podcast has changed it went from dynasty for the every to dynasty for the common man i was you know i didn't love the ring of the first one trying to communicate this it's a podcast meant to be for everyone and even everyone can be a part of the the content so um that's why i named it that but my wife's like i don't think that's very good <laughs> she didn't like the name uh and so she was like you should call it dynasty for the common man and I hemmed and hawed, you know, uh, but if finally I decide, OK, I'm going to change the name. So uh, I have women in my dynasty leagues. And so hopefully they know that the common man is just a, a broad uh, all of mankind reference um, because, yeah, uh, there's women who play fantasy football and play it well. Uh, a couple of my good friends, a Jenna and a Jen, who are both fantastic owners. Uh, Also, so I just wanted to um, do my last thing where I kind of recap a little bit of what I've heard, uh, some things I've learned. Uh, That part where we talked about buy low and sell high and Jake's thoughts on David Montgomery and James Conner or AJ Brown and DK Metcalf, respectively, I was was intrigued because I went the other way. If I were to pick between David Montgomery and James Conner, I'm looking at James Conner as he can help me win this year, maybe question mark. But um, I don't think I don't think Dave Montgomery will ever help me win. Maybe yeah, as an RB three on your bench for depth. But um, James Conner is in an offense that I think warrants a, uh, a starting spot every once in a while, and for the price. Um, but only for one year. So. That was curious that he took, he went the other way. He went David Montgomery, and then also I would have gone the other way with DK Metcalf and AJ Brown. He he would have gone with uh, DK Metcalf, and I'm more intrigued by uh, AJ Brown. So it was interesting just to see that um, even though both view them as players with you know question marks, that he would still side with for other reasons uh, on players that I would would go against. So. And then the last uh, thing, uh, even kind of falling into <laughs> buying and selling you know, selling high, is that he's he's basically selling his whole team high uh, and, and basically closing his win window um, before it's closed itself. He's closing it preemptively in order to open a new window down the road. And that is something I've never heard before. Um, and yeah I'm curious to see how that goes uh, I think a lot of people might be like that doesn't make a lot of sense but like Jake said it the the fun of Dynasty is trading uh, and so he's definitely gonna get in increase his fun uh, maybe he won't increase his winning um if he doesn't make the right moves but he'll increase his fun so uh gotta respect him for that uh so Thank you for listening to Dynasty for the Common Man, and we will see you next week.